Alright, Josh. Ready for this run? On my mark. Oh man. Just look at all those obstacles and enemy placements, Emily. We're done for. And look, if I fall behind and you have to go on without me, I just want you to know... Go, go, go! Ah, uh, Emily, I'm hit! What? How'd you get hit? The enemy bullets are so slow! Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm dying. Just go on without me. Josh. All I ask is that you and Haju play a song by Yumi Kinoshita on the podcast as a send-off. Josh. And maybe think of me once in a while when you listen to Neo Turf Masters. Josh! Yes? I gave us infinite lives before we started. You what? Jeez, you're welcome. Would you rather I just let you die? What is life without death, after all? This is ridiculous. You robbed me of a beautiful and meaningful end. You'll forgive me eventually. Okay, but music just won't sound as good without knowing that I can't be killed. Hey everybody, and welcome to the VGM Jukebox. I'm Emily. And I'm Josh. Each week we play tunes recommended by you, our patrons, and we also read your testimonials. Usually, these tunes remind me of the fleeting beauty of life. However, as an apparent immortal, I'll just have to listen to them for... So our first track comes to us. <laughs> I'm sorry, finish what you were saying. Probably not. Okay. So actually, this first one is a correction. I made a mistake on our last episode, and I'm going to make it right at the start of the show. So, patron super kicks all day long. My apologies. You had recommended a track from GGLS2, and I played the track that you did not recommend, or a track that you did not, did not recommend. So, we're going to play the proper track now, which is Weapon Select. The composers are still Amami Pon and Ba M, who is Tomonori Minami, and this is for the Game Gear, so let's do it right this time. All Day Long says, On the last episode, I believe the track played instead of Weapon Select was Inter Algo, which is also a great track, but not quite the super jazziness of Weapon Select. Here's a link for reference, and he provided a link. Thanks. And uh, we apologize, Super Kicks All Day Long. Um, yeah, sometimes it happens where 
Emily will make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, you know what's funny though is um, how we described the last track as super jazzy, and I didn't really hear it, but like I kind of forced myself to hear it a little bit. I'm like, yeah, that is jazzy. But I think the word jazzy specifically, if somebody uses it on basically any piece of music, I will hear jazz into it. Huh, Does that make sense? Like if it you're does. listening to Beethoven's Fifth and like, hey, this is so <laughs> jazzy, I'm like, yeah, it is. Well, this is super jazzy for sure. Yeah, this is jazzy though. Yeah. In a way that more immediately um, is apparent to me. Yes. So I feel really bad about the error. Um, the Game Gear tracks and uh, the Nintendo tracks. Um, there's certain systems in my player that don't have any tags or titles on the tracks at all. So sometimes I'm looking at, you know, 200 different pieces of music that are all labeled GGLS2 and I have to find the right one by kind of digging around in YouTube. And most of the time I get it right. I don't know what happened here. I could have sworn I checked myself twice, but I don't know. I can't make excuses. I just um, I accept my, my punishment, whatever that may be. I don't think you have, I don't think there's a punishment after all, you introduced me to that other track, even though accidentally, and that other track was really good too. At least the equal of this track. This is a really good soundtrack. Yeah. So in a way I am happy that we're listening to more than one from it. Yeah, I feel really good about that. Yeah. So more Game Gear for you, because you had specifically said you wanted more, so you're getting a whole lot. Speaking of Game Gear, um, we did have somebody clarify on our board, to, their best of, to the best of their knowledge, that the only difference between Game Gear and Master System was that Game Gear was in stereo, and Master System wasn't. Right. I think that was Utopia Nemo. Thanks, Utopia Nemo. But... I don't know. I still feel like there's there might be some slight difference. Maybe a a difference in the way the notes were um, com computated. That's not a word. Computed. And also, I like computated. Can something be stereo while only having like three channels without adding a channel? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, just meaning it can hard pan in either ear. I don't feel like anything is really being hard panned. I, I don't know. Well, yeah, nothing in this one that I can hear. But the capability was there. It does sound good, though. Yeah. It just doesn't make me sad. That's the only difference. It doesn't oh, make me sad. Oh, maybe that's the real difference. Yeah. Is that the game gear doesn't have that sadness to it necessarily all the time. Yeah. It doesn't make you feel your mortality deeply in your soul, as you were saying before. Well, yeah, you know, the Master System was a, was a very sad system that always just made you feel like you didn't have something, which was the Nintendo. 
But here's something we do have. We have uh, another recommendation from a patron whose name appears to me unfamiliar. Welcome, Sonic Boom Shakalaka, <laughs> who recommended Code Veronica's A Moment of Relief, composed by Takeshi Miura, Hijiri Anze, Sanae Kazahara. And it was released on the Dreamcast. So let's take a listen. Sonic Boom Shakalaka writes, I can always remember those moments in Resident Evil games, scrambling between room after room, hallway after hallway after hallway. Those short door opening cutscenes, never knowing what was on the other side. What a relief it was when this music would play, because then you knew there was a typewriter to save your game and a stash chest for replenishing your 9mm and green herbs. By the way, were they ingested, topically applied, or inhaled? Who knows? This tune manages to capture that feeling of solace. The sustained strings, simplistic piano melody, and the high-pitched glockenspiel manage to offer a sense of fleeting tranquility, yet does not drown out the relentless dark foreboding that lies beyond the room. Heavy. Yeah. The saddest spa. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> yeah. He's no- right, though. Those save rooms in Resident Evil were great because the music kind of, if I recall correctly, faded in slightly before mm-hmm. the image of the room loaded, so you'd just be like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Thank goodness I can relax for a minute. But it does still have that foreboding flavor to it. It still it feels like, oh, you're not going to die just yet. yet. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But you still should probably uh, reflect on the meaning of life, on the value of your previous interactions, mm-hmm. on the deliciousness of this herb. <laughs> The That's way, really funny. Yeah. The way its silky foliage caresses your skin. That's how it works, right? It's like a face mask or something. You're in the save room spa. Yeah. You kind of put it on your face. Oh, no, it's They're like a whole mud. Two little cucumbers. What? Yeah, it's like a whole full body mud situation. Every that would time be you, amazing. Every time you eat a herb, you're crushing it into a paste. <laughs> mixing it with yogurt. 
And, It'd be uh, amazing if all these yeah. supplies were in the save room. Yeah. And that's perfectly normal. Typewriter, ink ribbon, mud bath, etc. Yeah. You know, I haven't beaten Code Veronica. Um, patron Jeremy and I played through the first disc when we were in high school. And by we played, I mean he played while I watched and I helped. I was kind of the extra eyes, as we put it. Because I didn't think that I could play the game myself, so he did the, the stressful part of actually manning the controls. Mm. But, um, you know, I've played 1 and 2, and in Resident Evil 2 there is a moment where a safe room is not safe. Oh, yeah. And Code Veronica breaks all of the rules and is so stressful, so I feel like there has to be a moment in this game where the safe room is not safe. And they deliberately do that to you to ruin your life. You know, one of the good things I think about Resident Evil in general, <clears throat> uh, it's, it's sort of in between um, video game cultures in a way where, yeah, now we still play games in 3D environments. Um, we have basically infinite saves, I guess. But the sense of, I think, trauma and panic is not as present, I think, unless you're playing like co-op or something like that. We're <laughs> trying to beat a game. I do, I know what you mean. The reason I say that is because that experience of just watching somebody else play it kind of felt like necessary or something, like, or like, uh, like you were necessary in that situation. Because the experience was so traumatic to go through on your own. Well, it was fun, actually, because there were things that Jeremy didn't see because he was too busy trying not to die. Mm -hmm. So since I had more time to look around, I could point out, oh, there's something sparkling in the water over there, so we should probably go get it. Or, you know, put this thing back. I think you need to use this item over there, that kind of situation. Mm -hmm. um, but it was also fun for me to watch him go through the really stressful parts because I was super stressed but I just have this image in my mind I was sitting sort of behind him and to the right on um, an armchair and he was sitting on the floor and there was a sequence where we had gone through a door and a cutscene had shown us like a body bag moving as we left that room so we knew that when we were going to go back through that door because we had to that something was going to lunge out at us mm -hmm. so I remember watching Jeremy we're standing in front of this door and we're like okay we have to open this door. And he opened it, and I'm gonna have to do this for Josh so he can see it, but Jeremy had the controller in his hands and he like put it as far away from his body as possible like this, and was like squinting and kind of inching forward into the room waiting for something to jump out <laughs> at him. And I just thought that was so funny to see. Funny enough, I was also freaking out kind of way, but it was kind of interesting to see what you're feeling through another person as well. So it's mm. a bonding experience for sure. Yeah. I actually really like playing horror games that way. Yeah, I have known people, of course, to beat them on their own, and I don't know, good for you guys, your men. Or uh, you convey <clears throat> certain uh, stereotypically masculine traits. Wait, what? I didn't want to say your men, because obviously some women beat Resident Evil on their own and didn't become less of a woman 
or something like that. Right. I've done it. I actually need to finish this. I started playing it on my own, and I... I forget where I stopped. But I gotta do it. I'll do it, and I'll let you know. I'll do it, and I'll let you know what happens if I... If I continue just being Emily, or if I become a man. Mm. A real boy. Well, you notice, like, uh, you can use that... You can use either one, and it just means kind of the same thing. Like, if you beat... Resident Evil, I'd be like, wow, you're a woman now. <laughs> oh, have, right, yes. And have the, kind of the same meaning. I've matured into an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Code Veronica is so scary, though. I really feel like that's the scariest one that I have played. One was scary. Two was not as scary, but was, I think, a better game. But man, Code Veronica is like, Well, let's move on from that moment of solace, that brief moment, and let's move on to a recommendation from Magic Baloney. Mm -hmm. Now, this is an interesting recommendation because I kind of switched it on you, Magic Baloney, a little bit. Here's the thing. He recommended the track Surface of SR388 from uh, Metroid 2 Return of Samus for the Game Boy which is a super jam and I love it, but we actually played it already oh. on the podcast. It was one of the first tracks that I picked back when we didn't really even have patron recommendations going on. Mm -hmm. So what I did, because he mentioned it and will be mentioning it in the testimonial, is I grabbed the track from this new fan remake of Metroid 2. And I thought that would be kind of fun. So we're going to be listening to the surface of SR388 as it appears in the game AM2R Return of Samus, which is the fan remake of Metroid 2. The original composer was Ryoji Yoshitomi, and the arrangers for this new version are Milton Dr. M64 uh, Gwasti, Darren Kerwin, and Tobjorn Falkul Brandrud. <laughs> okay. And this is for the PC.
Magic Baloney says, Go explore this alien planet, why don't you? It will be fun, I swear! That's what this track seems to say, while almost every single other track is a purposeful experiment in sound design to make you feel the dread and isolation of doing so. To great effect, I might add. This was one of the first Game Boy games I ever completed and easily one of the best of its large library. I've been a huge Metroid fan ever since, which is a hard thing to be these days. The excellent fan re- uh, The excellent fan remake just came out and they did a great job. The music has the fan base split, though. They did away with a lot of the atmospheric sounds in lieu of series remixes. Still very good, though. Anyway, the entire score is quite interesting in its use of the limited sound chip, and while you play, it really makes you feel like you are in Samus Shoes uh, boots. Samus Shoes boots. <laughs> shoes boots. Boot shoes. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing this remake version. You said this was made just as a fan thing? Yeah, it's a fan remake of the game that's been in the works for years and years and years. Mm. It was finally released and distributed to the masses mm. and then pulled by Nintendo after about a day. We touched on this a little bit in the last episode. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Magic Baloney was, again, talking about the original, but... We are listening to the remake, which is a really interesting take on the original, I think. How does it sound uh, different to you? The original is way more upbeat mm. and more heroic. And oh, I right. think this, this is much more mysterious and sweet. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm feeling all the emotions while I'm listening to this. I loved this game so much. So, and I love listening to remixes. I don't know what, what it is exactly, but hearing a theme or a melody that I love done in a new way really just kind of does something to me. So I'm immensely enjoying myself listening to this. Yeah, it does have a bit more texture to it or something. Uh, not, I mean, actually the other one has more texture if you're just talking about pure... Uh, grittiness but this one right. has more variety of texture or something it also sort of sounds like that game that enforcer which is not <laughs> yeah. mega race yeah enforcer there are metroids lurking in every corner by the way <clears throat> magic baloney called me out on my um Top tier anime selection or my anime chart. Oh yes. Oh dear. So on a previous episode, I was saying there's like different layers of anime. One of them is the kind of anime that everybody should watch and know about. The second is like a little bit deeper and um, still good. And then there's a third layer where it's just you want to stop watching all other kinds of television and therefore are saturating yourself with anime and sometimes that stuff is not as immediately uh, interesting or whatever entertaining or accessible I guess that's the right word but he said that my list was terrible but he deplorable didn't, was the word he didn't offer me any um, 
any revisions of my uh, list or anything. So what was he thinking? What did I do wrong? <laughs> it was a very Josh calibrated system. No way. So maybe, no, we even said that at the time. No. So maybe that was the problem. Yeah, but it was I'm based right. on you said that the real secret to this classification system was whether or not an anime makes you fall asleep. Yeah, but I think that's perfect though. <laughs> it's like my Japanese half will put me into contact with it, and my white half will tell me if it's truly universal or not. You know what I mean? And my white half will make me sleep if it's a little weird or something, or not weird enough. This is very mysterious. And also not true, probably. I was going to ask, do you have a conversation between the two halves of yourself, or...? I guess I, I do feel like, look, I know weird stuff, and I know accessible stuff. I feel like I was a good judge of those things, and I don't know why... I don't know what his criticism was. But I... I do want to have this conversation. So, hey, do you have a criticism of my anime list? Dear patron, or even Magic Baloney himself? Tell me about it. I like that you added that on at the end as if you were specifically addressing everyone else but him. All patrons. Oh, Oh, but I guess Magic Baloney too. If you want to have this conversation, go ahead. I think he also thinks we got married in Vegas. Did we forget to mention that part about our trip? <laughs> we might yeah. have. Yep. Well, there's a lot of Mormons there, so they let you marry multiple people. Right. If exactly. you go to the right parts, yeah. It's like, it's no big deal. It's, it's whatever's. And other things that are no big deal are um, more recommendations. Such as this one by the Dyad. Actually, I take that back. They are a big deal. Everyone, they are a big deal. A very big deal. Everyone is a miracle. Um, and this was recommended by the Dyad from the game The Lost Vikings. The track is Factory Beat from composer Charles Deenan for the Super Nintendo. Let's take a listen.
The Diet writes, As the oldest of three boys, it is my birthright to always act as player one. The Lost Vikings put me in the unique position of actually needing to work with my brothers operating in the lowly player two role. <laughs> we had to work together to figure out how to navigate the puzzles and save those Vikings. From the intro screen onwards, the Lost Vikings treat you to its finest 90s dance music of the finest 90s dance music the SNES has to offer, complete with orchestra hits. What better way to soothe the sting of attempting a level for the 100th time than this rockin' jam? Orchestra hits and Viking chants. Yeah. They're Viking hype men in this track. That is a funny image, actually. This like, game is very funny. What if all Bobby Brown's backup dancers were Vikings, you know? Yeah, what if? Yeah, what a great combo of sounds. Um, love it. Lots of Vikings is really fun, by the way. It is. Yeah. Did you play it on Super Nintendo or Genesis? Uh, maybe Genesis? But anyway, I think I played it on a emulator, actually. But it was like, you could play it one player. But it would just be cruel if somebody else was around. Right. I think he was actually being a little sweet to his it's brothers. really difficult to play this with multiple people, actually. Yeah. It's much easier to play it with one person. So if patrons aren't familiar, in The Lost Vikings, you're controlling three Vikings who each have an ability that they can use to solve puzzles. So one of them can run and jump and is the only one who can jump. That's Eric the Red. I'm going to forget their names now. But then there's, I think it's Balrog who can shoot arrows but can't run or jump. But so he can use his ranged attack to hit buttons that are across an unpassable chasm. And then there's Olaf who has a shield and he can kind of float down long distances and kind of prolong his fall. So you have to use all three to solve puzzles together. And um, I remember trying to play this again with patron Jeremy when we were kids and I just couldn't, I had no idea what I was doing. It didn't make sense. Um, I think you really need to filter it all through one, one mind who kind of figures out how to approach the level. Yeah, I mean, you could have some help sometimes if you can't figure it out, but uh, yeah, you, if somebody doesn't agree with you, that would sort of be really annoying. An even better combination? Or do exactly what they say, what you say, you know? Right. Um, I forget how I was going to segue that, but what I wanted to say was in the Genesis version, so imagine you have this soundtrack, which is amazing, and then imagine that you get Matt Furness to arrange it, and that's what happened with the Sega Genesis soundtrack for this particular game so it just I think becomes even more awesome when you combine this with Matt Furness and then you get this kind of amazing transcendent yeah it's great it's so new jack swing though that I would think it was a Japanese person making it which I know sounds weird that's interesting but don't you think Japanese people or Japanese yeah never mind can you define New Jack Swing for me? Oh, you just have to imagine um, doing the kid and play to it. Can you do the- The what? You know the dance, the kid and play? No. 
Okay, um, can you imagine... This is a different dance, but putting your hands, like, on your hips, uh-huh. and then shuffling your feet side to side while oh, they're yeah, straight. Okay. That's not the kid in play, but that's, like, a sort of dance move you would do to New Jack Swing. And That's, like, like MC s- Hammer, right? MC Hammer would kind of, like, super squat and, like, you know, do the typewriter move into the ground. But if yeah. you're kind of flowing a little bit more with it, and then maybe you stop, and then you like maybe move your shoulders and elbows and your neck or something like that. Okay. Do, you know you gotta, um, but yeah, MC Hammer was could dance like that from, at times. Now I'm just imagining MC Hammer dancing with a Viking helmet on. Yeah. I feel like that wouldn't be that out of place somehow. It could work. Parachute pants and, and Viking helmets? No, it could work. I would yeah. like to see a, a video of this song with MC Hammer dancing with a Viking hat. I'm not going to do all the work to make <laughs> that happen, but if I saw Hint, it, hint, patrons. Josh means you. For 100 hours of unpaid labor. Yes. And then make it the 100-hour mix. <laughs> yeah. That's not even possible. I wonder if that is possible. You I have the 10-hour hour loops, but 100 oh. hours? Oh, okay, never mind. That's just the next step. Oh. Cool. Cool, dude. Shall we step into our next track, or do we have more to say about this one? Let's see what we've got on the other side of this okay. track. Well, speaking of anime, we are going to be listening to a track that was composed by Sunio Imahori, who did the soundtrack for the Trigun anime. But this particular uh, piece we're going to be listening to is from the game Gungrave. The track is Gunlock Overdrive, with an exclamation point. And this was for the PlayStation 2, so composed by Tsuneo, Tsuneo Imahori. And uh, I think I said everything already, so let's just do it.
Hobi says, Game Music Loveliness by Tsuneo Imahori, who also did the soundtrack for the Trigon anime. Y'all like Radiohead? Y'all listen to Radiohead? What's with the accent? I've always I've always loved Radiohead. I'm so confused right now. Y'all like Radiohead? No, the end was um kind of Radioheadish to me. I think a little bit. Just the attention to detail. Um. Blatant what a disregard shift, right? for melody. Yeah, very much. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder how that fits into the game. Yeah, that is interesting. Because I doubt that all of a sudden just the level becomes... It stays exactly the same, but suddenly it's just kind of like this um, note, this hypnotizing uh, keyboard effect. What do you think? I think, now I was actually asking Hobie about this earlier because when I tried to get this track off of YouTube, I could not get the file because I was getting one of those, this content is not available in your country messages. Oh, right. So I sent him a message and I was like, do you happen to have this on your computer? And he actually had the soundtrack. He'd, he had bought the CD at some point, so he sent this to me. He thinks this is the title screen, but he's not sure. Oh. So I can see that, you know, it gets you pumped yeah. and then the game is sort of like, oh, you haven't hit start yet? All right. We'll just kind of zen out together, I guess. I could see that. Yeah, that's cool. What I think is funny about that is if I if I were sitting at a title screen, which I often do, listening to the track, and then it ends like that, and mm-hmm. I think, yeah, okay, now it's time to start, and then it goes into all that ambient stuff, I would get transfixed again. And mm. I would never leave. I would be stuck forever. Hmm. Until we lost power. I really like I the beginning of that sentence. If I was sitting at a title screen, as I often do. <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah, the I know. truth from my real life. That's cool. That's that's the opening line from my autobiography to be written someday. I think that's a special class of people not class like a social class or something like that there's a special group of people who like to sit um, at the title screens to make sure they hear the song for the first time at least for the first time that they put in the cartridge and you guys are the type who also take good care of your games I mean, maybe. I don't know if those are necessarily always together. You um, probably... No, you do. Take good care of your games. Um, I lost my train of thought about all the other things that (laughs) make you you. It's because you've gotten to the ambient part again. You're being slowly pulled under. Yeah, it was like uh, going on some sort of high-flying cowboy bebop adventure and then going to the spa again. Yeah. There's a lot of spa going on here today. Speaking of spa, this is going to be a dumb story, but (laughs) I shouldn't even tell tell the story. Oh, tell me, tell me. It's a nonsensical story, but the other day I was just so tired, but they were having like a music festival by my house, 
So it's kind of like you want to go because it's free and it's by your house. Why else do you live where you live, you know? Right. Um, Well, there's many reasons. but And also, um, some of Claudia's friends were going. But I was like, I just, I'm so tired right now. I need a spa. I need a spa day. (laughs) And so all I did, though, was like take a bath, turn off the lights, and then I played... uh, Super Mario 64 and listen to Spyro Gyro <laughs> and then I and then I was like okay I'm ready to go now but that was That's like amazing. A, a real life spa situation spa in the home you know your Were home you using ca- any kind of like you know bath salts was there a smell no I put on a candle though uh, but yeah, wow, you really went all out for this but the candle I, I had to blow it out because it was too flickery it was like annoyingly flickery I see. Um, so darkness is better. But yeah. no, your own home can become a spa. You just have to decide that it is. I have uh, one more story to tell. Okay, please do. Yesterday I went golfing with my friend. Ooh. Oh, wait. What kind of golf? Like real with golf Dan? or mini golf? By the way, you know, I've noticed a couple of the stories I've told recently involved Dan. The infamous Dan, Daniel. Dan, yeah. But I just haven't said it. So anyways, but yesterday. Danny. Yeah. Yesterday, um, I went golfing with Dan and his friend and uh, two of our friends. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes like golf is very nerve wracking because basically you have a split second to do a good job. And if you right. do a bad job. You're gonna be. You're gonna have to go find your ball, a hundred yards in the wrong direction or something, you know. And you'll just yep. feel really dumb. Um, and yeah, it can be nerve-wracking for that reason. So what I did between tracks was, I put on my uh, my headphones, and I'll just listen to Arnold Palmer golf. I, I would listen to Wileyk Seiki. I listened to Potter Golf also. And uh, yeah, those songs really put you in a good mood. Feel awesome. good about golfing. So you said real golf, right? Oh yeah, I was playing real golf. Real golf. Are you good? No. I mean, I don't know what that means. I don't think any golfer will say they're good. Unless... Because, like, even if you're, like, a professional, are you good? I guess if you're a professional, you're good. I don't know. I think more like, you know, are you are you golfing to par? I think a good, yeah. If I was a scratch golfer, yeah, maybe that would mean something. Of course I'm not a scratch golfer. I'm, like, because of my poor putting, as as bad as my putting has been lately, but I could work on it. But I would say all my um, hits have been like double par, maybe. Okay. All the holes have been all. But I I've been taking like four putts when I'm on the green. <laughs> so it's like if I just worked on that part of my game, it wouldn't be insanely bad. <laughs> you got to be playing some more fighting golf at home. Get yourself trained up. Yeah, you know, I really want to do that. I want to work on my driver, and I want to work on um, putting. I'll probably uh, just listen to some golf tracks while I do that. You can do it. I believe in you. 
Well, you're the only one. <laughs> Speaking of believing in myself, I've got a track that I believe you might enjoy. It's All called right. Butter Building from Kirby's Epic Yarn. It was composed by Hirokazu Ando, uh, and he did that on Kirby's Adventure. But Tomoyo Tamita did a nice little rearrangement uh, for Epic Yarn on the Wii. Let's take a listen. messenger introduced me to this track through the Facebook he was just telling me there was a cover of it and he gave me a link but it was taken down I actually don't really know why he was doing this because uh, I didn't know this song before um, but I guess he must have really liked this cover but I couldn't see it but I found I looked for the original song this is what I found didn't realize it was from an earlier Kirby game but uh, I was just glad that I looked for it because put me in a good mood this might even be a golf track in a way maybe i'm getting a i don't really know why but i'm getting a mr rogers neighborhood vibe from this it reminds me of the trolley car oh yeah it's all that piano it yeah it's the The piano chords the lower ones oh okay but yeah, this track was originally in Kirby's Adventure, so it was remixed and redone for Kirby's Epic Yarn. Both versions are really great. Hmm. There's something else I wanted to say about this. I've you lost know, my train of thought. This piano player, um, the piano player on Mr. Rogers, I don't know if they were trying to emulate him here, but um, that guy was really good. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, if you watch... Here's a crazy thing. If you just watch... Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood as a jazz aficionado, you can completely enjoy that show because every episode it's that trio improvising. Interesting. They do, I hadn't really revisited it and listened for this. 
They do that neighborhood song different every time. Really? Yeah. Listen wow. to the piano playing. Huh. Yeah. That's so funny that obviously the music stuck with me enough that I am reminded of the trolley car here, but I wasn't paying enough attention back then to notice. The trolley more car of the had nuances. a special song that I, yes, I can see why you. I loved that trolley car. The trolley car is dope. <laughs> I did not like the uh, neighborhood of make believe though. As an I adult. didn't either, actually. As a kid, Sorry, I think I thought it was fans. okay. As a kid, it was okay, but when you're just a jazz aficionado and you want to visit a factory and uh, maybe learn a more, learn how crayons are made, yeah, uh, and you've already graduated college, then uh, <laughs> neighborhood of make believe isn't so hot. <laughs> That's really funny. I know what I was going to say earlier. I could actually, for this particular track, for some reason, I could hear the playback from your computer at the same time as mine. Mm -hmm. And it was off just slightly. And you would be amazed at how demonic the song sounds if you're listening oh. to it twice slightly off. Because there are just so many notes in there. And it is so jazzy that everything just started kind of clashing. And it was this very strange experience. Huh. It was a little scary. So super jazz is demonic to you? Okay. If you play it twice and one is slightly off. What I'll try some... to recreate the experience for what you. What if somebody told you like, oh yeah, I love butter building. It's like so metal, you know? <laughs> I would say, yeah, man, I can see that. I can hear the metal in it. <laughs> yeah. Get carried away. I know what you're saying. I wonder if a metal remix exists. So many VGM covers on YouTube are metal remixes. Yeah. And they tend to pick tracks that are sort of in line with that style, but man, I would really love it if a YouTuber decided to pick tracks that probably wouldn't fit or are unlikely fits with that style and decided to do it. Oh yeah, that's true, yeah could happen. I'm sure it's it could happened. happen. All right, so what's next? Well, I'm on such a good roll right now that I just want to do another track. This one is from the greatest soundtrack of all time. Oh. Well, here we are again. Haju, the greatest soundtrack of all time. Uh, Hana Jukebox is here to recommend her own track, Understandable, since as a ghost entity, she can only communicate through music. Mm -hmm. Let's see what she would have to say to us today. She's going to play from Nangoku Shireri. Spy versus spy. I didn't hear both exclamation points on that. Do oh. it again. Sangok shireri! Wait. Man, I don't even really know that word. Sangok shireri! How would you say that? Nangoku shireri? Oh, nangok. Yeah. But shireri sounds like a weird word. I don't know. I don't know how that would have a Japanese 
accent. Anyway, spy versus spy. The track is great western. The composer Hiroyuki Masuno, and it's for the family computer. Let's take a listen. Yes. Uh-huh. We are riding down Emily's Alley again, but this time we're on a horse. Yeah, I see why it's called a Great Western or whatever. Not the hotel, I guess. But um, the Great Western motif. Right. I like any songs that have... And I don't even know what you call it. It's not two-step, right? But the... Dun 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 That kind of rhythm. A gallop. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. I love gallops in songs, so I was immediately taken with this. Oh, cool. And I do like Western music too. Oh yeah. The Legacy Music Hour did an entire Western music focus, and it was like one of the greatest things that ever happened. I was so into that. Oh, you like that? I do. I think a lot of people would find that unappealing or something. Um, oh, why? Nobody likes westerns, you know? I think. The the movies? Or what do you mean? Yeah, the entire concept of the western genre, it seems old, you know, I think. I don't know that I like the western genre, but I do like the music. You like gallop. Sort of. I do. I like gallop, and I like the kind of, you know, Mexican influence in the music. I think it's neat. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. cool so yeah this game is spy versus spy 2 mm-hmm. technically that's not part of this title this was the famicom version and uh was only released in japan but it was released on the um zx spectrum computer at some point as it was named something else like spy versus spy 2 the island adventure um I don't even think I have that computer name right. It's the ZX something. Oh, you know what? It's. I think I was saying it weird. It's not Sangoku Shirei. It's Sangoku Sangoku Shirei. Shirei. Yeah. Maybe I made a typo. I'm not I even think sure. That, yeah, no. What oh, is the ZX Spectrum? I am right. Cool. Yeah, there's a little typo here. It's Sangoku Shirei, which I don't know what that means. Spy vs. Spy, it's funny that they used this for Japanese-only releases, because I think it's like a Mad Magazine thing. Yeah, it is. And uh, it's an island caper. Those yeah, right. It's, it's kind of funny. If you look at uh, images of the game, it's got that those two Spy vs. Spy guys fighting on a beach. <laughs> <Which is laughs> of fun. course. Yeah. With bombs, I'm sure. 
I used to love playing the Spy vs. Spy game on the Game Boy. One mm. of my cousins had it. And when I would go there for, you know, holiday gatherings, um, he was... Uh, I don't even know how much older he is than me, but he was significantly older in that we didn't really play together. Mm. And my brother was somewhat significantly older than me, so the two of them would hang out and play like... Uh, there was a pool table in the basement of my cousin's house, so they would play pool and stuff, and I would sit on a couch and watch them and play Game Boy. <laughs> hmm. It was good. Those are good memories. I didn't feel excluded. I was actually happy that uh, I got to play these games and not have to worry about sharing, necessarily. I, I want to listen more to this soundtrack, doing a little research on it. Um, there was actually a sound test on this game where you could listen to all the names of the songs. Mm-hmm. I mean all the songs and see the names of them, which is kind of unusual for a 1987 game. Yeah, that's true. And apparently there were some, possibly some songs that maybe only existed on uh, the, what's it called? Sound test. The song oh, called interesting. Victory Song, maybe. Interesting. Yeah. So... Haju really huh. digs deep and pulls out these mysteries for us. Oh yeah. Good job, Haju. You're the best. And so are you, dear patron. Especially our track recommenders. And they were... Super Kicks all day long. Again, deepest apologies. I hope you can forgive us. Me. Josh was not involved in that blunder. It's all on me. Sonic Boom Shakalaka, Magic Baloney, The Dyad, and Hobie. And to everyone else who's written in and submitted suggestions, keep them coming. Go to our website, thevgmjukebox.com, and click the Suggest a Track button on the right-hand side to send your recommendation our way. Or send us an email at thevgmjukebox at gmail.com. Don't forget to send us some vegan recipes. I've got, yeah, we need more of those. I got a website, but I didn't get any specific vegan web uh, recipes yet. So, uh, hint, hint. Josh doesn't want to do any work, everybody. So, hand holding should occur. Just tell me the best one, the one. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at vgmjb, and you can find us individually as well. Josh is at Josh Adachi again, and I am at Keyglyph. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any podcatcher, and please remember to rate and review us at the iTunes store. Join the group on Facebook at facebook.com slash the VGM Jukebox. And be sure to check out the bulletin board that we have in the bar. Right now, it's empty, but if you have any video game-related or podcast-related or music-related projects going on in your life that you'd like your fellow patrons to know about, please Email us and we'll get you a flyer up there so people can view it on the way out. Um, Since Josh didn't die today, we will both see you again in a week for uh, more tunes at the VGM Jukebox. How are you feeling, by the way? Um, First of all, I do want to say one thing, which is that Mm -hmm. I know it seems like you make the most mistakes... (laughs) like giving me infinite lives when I didn't ask for them. But I actually make more mistakes than you. They just don't end up in words and in writing. So like every time you hear a song that kind of fades out too quick, 
that's my bad, you know? Or if it's ever hard to hear what we're saying because the song's too loud, that's my bad. Well, I forgive you. Well, good. What's the, what's the point of this? Here's the real question. What's the point of forgiveness if I'm never going to die? I just have all... I have enough time to make amends on all of my relationships. Uh-huh. So I'll never feel the urgency to do so? You know what I mean? Like, where... So... How am I gonna going to repent on my deathbed? Does this mean that you're going to apologize for having me take that pixel-perfect jump when I didn't need to? Risking my life on non-infinite lives? Wasting a P-Wing? You could have made that jump. Well, I suppose... You know, I could apologize to you sometime, you know, someday. Maybe. Josh is like, in 500 years, you know, maybe I'll be ready. Yeah. Uh-huh. You no, know, whatever. No rush. No rush on that. Well, it's true. I did give us infinite lives. Um, so we both have infinite lives. Um, I don't know when that wears off, though. I don't know if there's a time time limit on this. Well, probably it just doesn't last through the last level, maybe. Sometimes that's a thing. Or maybe it lasts until we finish our quest. So we can't end the podcast ever. Because as soon as the podcast ends, the magic wears off. Oh, right. And then we're susceptible to all the violence of the world. Don't worry, patrons. Don't freak out. I feel like we're freaking out the patrons right now. Hmm. This is not foreshadowing or anything. We're just talking about nonsense. Uh huh. While uh -huh. Josh is refusing to apologize. I'll have you know mm. that um, I may have put up a poll on our Twitter feed. So patrons, please weigh in on the controversy and, and tell us if you think that Josh was deliberately setting up my demise last week. Or if he was just being forgetful, or if you're not sure, but you're suspicious. We already have some votes coming in. I will not tell you how they're going. But I'll let you know what the people say next week. Alright. Mm -hmm. Just take note. If uh, the P-Wing doesn't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> what? Yeah. Anyways, all right. He's I'm having trouble following this thread. <laughs> There's a lot of obstacles in front of me. Um, I don't have any particular tension or stress about that situation, but I suppose might as well trudge through them. Should you I? Still, you can still dodge and stuff. I mean, just you can for still fun, see right? If you're any good at this. All right, I'll dodge but, uh, for fun. Okay, I'm right behind you. All right, sounds good. Bye, everybody. See you next week.